Welcome into another edition of the WISports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, your general manager at WISports.net and your host every week for the WSN podcast. As we get down to the home stretch of the winter sports season, things are kicking into high gear. Wrestling regionals are complete, uh, team sectionals, um, sectionals for individuals coming up this week. You got uh, the release of girls basketball playoff brackets, the hockey playoffs have started. Boys basketball, the last one to, to kind of get going. Sectional, uh, excuse me, regional seating meetings held around the state this weekend. We expect on Sunday the uh, the actual brackets will be released by the WIAA sometime in the afternoon. Um, so you can look for that information. And before you know it, the calendar is going to flip over to March. So we're going to start wrapping up winter sports and we're going to start talking spring sports. But before we do that, we've got a lot to talk about with the winter sports. And we're going to focus today's uh, episode of the WSN podcast on girls basketball. Because again, we just did get the uh, the actual brackets with the seeds, the first round matchups, the uh, path to state, uh, really a chance to start breaking things down in uh, in much more detail here uh, as, we, uh, as we now know all of, uh, all of that information. And to do that with us, to do that for us, we bring in Norbert Durst, our girls' basketball writer and the content manager at Wisports.net. Norb, uh, it's got to be uh, kind of a, I guess, a rewarding time of the year. Is that the right way to put it as we start getting into the playoffs and really getting down to the end of the season? Yeah, definitely rewarding, uh, exciting time of the year. Kind of really just, you know, figure out where teams really are at because, you know, you you play the games in the regular season. Not everybody has games against each other, even if they're in, you know, one of those regional groupings. So it kind of gives a team to say, hey, you know, even though we're, we're a lower seed, we have a good chance to get to the rest center and those teams that are good and have been ranked high all year to say we're here for a reason. So it's definitely an exciting time and really excited to see how it shakes out. In practicality, not every team has a chance to get to the rush center, but every team is soon to be O and O and every team at least has a little bit of a glimmer of hope to do something, whether it's, you know, pull off an upset or uh, make a strong showing at the end of the year or make that deep run all the way to green Bay, which is the, uh, the dream of every team on our, uh, I guess this would be our playoff preview girls basketball playoff preview of the WSN podcast. We're going to take a look division by division with Norb and kind of break down, um, any interesting uh, items that came out of the seeding processes? Any things to note regarding any of the uh, placements? Uh, we, we've talked about this at different times, and Norb has talked about it. You know, teams that move sectionals or uh, move divisions, and, and those kinds of things that sometimes have an impact. We'll talk about maybe some of the favorites uh, uh, in each of the divisions and anything that stands out. So really, do a full uh, full level breakthrough uh, breakdown of uh of all of the divisions and of course you can look for even more detailed information from norb on wisports.net he has started the basketball tournament breakdowns division five out uh working on the rest of the divisions leading up to the uh the playoffs next week where he'll break down the favorites the contenders sleepers uh, teams to watch games to watch all that good stuff coming up here getting underway next week next tuesday february 25th Hard to say uh, that we're already almost done with February, but here we are. Uh, the beginning of the playoffs, and then it's a sprint to the finish over the next uh, three, four weeks after that. So, Norba, let's start with Division Five though, because that's the one that you've uh, that you've published out there so far. 
and uh, take us through anything of note that you might have noticed from seeding. Any surprises? Any teams that uh, maybe didn't get seeded quite, quite where you uh, where you thought they would, or um, any seeding uh, outcomes that created some interesting dynamics for you know round two games? Anything like that? What what stands out from the seeding to you? Well, in Division Five, you know. <laughs> When there's, you know, so many teams in Division 5, pretty much everyone plays that opening night. So it makes things a little more interesting. And when you have, you know, all the teams from a certain uh, conference in, those sectional seeding processes, it does, you know, affect where a team that isn't in one of those conferences might get put in there. But like Riverdale, uh, they're a seven seed. You know, they don't have a good record, great record, 10 and 10. But, you know, they do compete against, you know, much better teams than some of those other other teams that are in, you know, say the Ridge and Valley. I hate saying that since it's my conference, but, you know, the Ridge and Valley and some of those other uh, Six Rivers conference teams. So, you know, they're a team that um, only lost to River, uh, River Ridge by 10 points earlier in the season. So while, you know, record-wise, maybe they're a seven seed, but I do think they, they could have been uh, seeded a little bit higher. Um, you know, uh, a team like Prentice uh, got a four seed. Again, record probably tells you, you know, they're probably that four seed. And, you know, this win, uh, they recently knocked off uh, Newman Catholic, who had the top seed. But, again, that's after the seeding process. So, you know, you got to get those big wins in before the seeding happens. So, uh, you know, there's, you know, here and there you can see, well, maybe they could have moved up a spot. You know, Royal, maybe with the five seed, they have had some injuries this year. They played very well against Bangor this season, who got the top seed. So, you know, there's teams that, you know, um, could move up a little bit. But, you know, sometimes when it comes down to it, you got to win games. And, you know, that's where why some of those teams got a little bit lower of a seed. So as we look over Division 5, uh, again, we've talked about this at different times. You've talked about it. Um, D5 seems to be one of the divisions where there's a lot of movement of, of teams from year to year, changing sectionals or things like that. Uh, as you look at the actual brackets that are out now, any uh, thing that stands out from any of those impacts of teams moving sectionals or anything that stands out in terms of, um, you know, matchups that might occur sooner than what we thought, big matchups that might be down the road, anything like that? Well, you know, Blackhawk moving divisions is obviously a big thing. Last year in sectional three, this year moving over to sectional four, um, that sectional four has uh, Fall River, who made a state appearance last season falling to Blackhawk. Also in that sectional is uh, Schulzberg, who finished as a runner-up in the Six Rivers West to River Ridge. So, you know, that one is, made things a lot more interesting in uh, sectional three because it really opened things up for those for those other teams that, you know, were kind of knocking on the door last season in the, the River Ridge, the, uh, the Bangors, the Oliva Strum. You know, it gives those teams from that sectional a lot better opportunity to get to the state tournament because when you're talking about having to play Blackhawk in the in uh, the sectional play versus that state, it, it is a big difference there. All right, so let's uh, let's go through your favorites in Division Five. Um, who are some of the favorites? What are some of the teams that uh, that you like to get deep into sectional play and ultimately make it to state? I like Clayton in sectional one uh, Clayton. I believe they won the, uh, the state tournament for volleyball. So many of those kids, you know, have, even though it's not basketball, they have that, you know, that state, you know, uh, uh, 
confidence and ability to play against some of those bigger. Do you you mean Clayton or uh, Clear Lake there or Clayton? Oh, I meant to say, I meant to say Clear Lake. Sorry about that. Yeah. Just Clayton's on my mind for the last couple of years since that's kind of been uh, Clear Lake's nemesis. Um, But yeah, they've, you know, they're undefeated. They have a nice win over Colfax this year. Some of the the other uh, games they played, maybe not as strong as some of the other um, teams in their sectional, like a loyal who I think, you know, with four losses are a team that could definitely knock off a clear Lake Prairie farm also in the mix there, but they do have those, those two losses to clear Lake that they weren't really all that close to games. So, you know, in that sectional, definitely looking at clear Lake, but you know, you got teams like Gilman and McDonald central who, you know, they play in a little bit stronger conferences, which could help them make a little bit deeper of a push in that sectional uh, in sectional two, that's a very interesting one because you have Newman Catholic who has uh, reached a state tournament the last couple of years, but they've kind of had their ups and downs this year. And uh, right now I, I have uh, my favorite as United nation. They are undefeated coming out of the Mar- uh the Marinette and Oconto conference. And, you know, they've, some of their games have been close. I don't know that they've had a very strong non-conference teams, but they're winning games. And when it comes down to it, you know, winning matters. Um, but the thing is they got to go through that. They're uh, half sectional that has many of those conference teams. And, you know, it's, it is tough to beat a team three times in the last couple of years. They've, they made good runs, but when they got down to, um, I believe it's Jill at the last couple of years that have knocked them off. Uh, but, uh, you know, Newman Catholic, even though that they've had their ups and downs, they do play in a better league, I would say, than the Mar- Marinette and Oconto. They play some better non-conference teams. So, you know, while they've had their ups and downs, I do think that half-sectional is stronger. So I think that's part of why I like United Nation a little bit more. But, um, you know, there's there's some other intriguing teams in there. Like, you look at Edgar, Prentice, Prentice, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, they, they knocked off uh, Newman Catholic and... I believe they can meet up again in a regional final, which uh, could be very exciting there. Uh, moving over to sectional number three, um, I have Bangor as the favorite there. Um, you know, their only loss this season is to Melrose Bendoro. Uh, you know, the I think the Scenic Bluffs are uh, have a very good conference this year. You look at uh, Royal and Cashton, uh, definitely teams that uh, are in that mix for sure. Cashton. You know, uh, they could still get a share of that Scenic Bluffs title uh, if they can beat um, Bangor in this uh, the final game of the their regular season. And then Oliva uh, Strum, uh, they have six losses, but they've went out and played um, some very good non-conference teams. They have two losses to Melrose Mendoro. They've also played Arcadia, Prescott. Uh, both of those two teams are are looking to make a push in Division Three. So they're they're even though the record, you know, doesn't give you that great look, you know, they're a team that's battle tested and, and ready to go for the postseason. And then mentioning uh, river Ridge who uh, won that six rivers West title, only two losses. Uh, one of them coming to Prairie to Sheen who has been ranked in division three this season. So that, I just think that, that, uh, that sectional as a whole, very strong because you have teams, you know, in my sleeper list, like Blair Taylor and Loyal and Royal and uh, Riverdale, who you know again those records might not be that strong, but some of those teams have played a little bit better competition throughout the regular season. And then finally in, in uh, sectional four, you know, no surprise here, but Blackhawks, you know, a big time favorite, obviously not just to win that sectional, but 
uh, to repeat as Division Five state champions. Um, teams that you know are are contending, trying to you know knock um, knock uh, um, Blackhawk out of the postseason. Fall River, Schulzburg, Fall River. You know they've went out and played some pretty good teams. They got a nice win over Clinton and New Glarus. Um, you know, but but the way that that uh, Blackhawk has played, especially against some of those big time teams. Um, they played this season. They're they're going to be a tough out in the postseason. And really, in the sleepers list, you can probably say more of Randolph as being a team that um, you know could make a push, having played Fall River a couple times this season already. But uh, it's going to be really interesting in that sectional three. I would say uh, the the deepest sectional out of out of the four this season. You know, Division Five uh, is very interesting often in. Sometimes it happens a little bit more in, in boys than girls, but there's so often that you see teams take advantage of the drop-down effect that we talk about a lot where you know a, a team plays D4 competition throughout the regular season and maybe doesn't have the, the best record, but then they uh, put it together and, and it's a little bit easier for them in the playoffs. Um, you mentioned some of those sleepers, and a lot of times that's where that comes from. Uh, you know, teams that maybe come out of the Clover Belt or the Merrillwood, mm -hmm. the Six Rivers, things like that that uh, you know, make a pretty good run once they drop down in the playoffs. So that's always something that we keep an eye on in Division 5. Let's turn our attention to Division 4. Um, anything in terms of seating, placements, you know, bracket-type uh, things that stand out as we uh, move our attention to Division 4? Well, I think the big one is uh, Milwaukee Academy Science getting a 5 seed. Again, uh, probably deserved a 5 seed this season. Uh, they've been without some of their top kids in and out during the season. Um, so, you know, if they have that full uh, nucleus of players, um, they could be a team that that could get back to the state tournament. Definitely more, um, you know, definitely capable of doing it. Uh, they could match up again against Racine Lutheran in a uh, regional final as they did last season. And I believe they were even the, they might've been the four last season, but it was very similar to where Racine Lutheran was the one seed. They, they came in with the four seed. They, they played better competition throughout the regular season, uh, the, the top end teams at least. And then we're able to get through that game and obviously get on to the state tournament. But as a whole, I think for the most part in division four, um, not too many big surprises, but you have teams like, you know, like a Colby, a four seed who, who reached the state tournament last season. I could see them making a push there. Um, that sectional number two, isn't all that strong this season. Um, that top half, you know, they could, maybe meet up with uh, that top seed Auburndale in a, in a regional final, you get through that one and, you know, maybe they could get to a, a sectional final or get to the rush center. So um, it's pretty exciting there as far as, uh, you know, having an opportunity for a team that, you know, maybe wasn't expecting to have that big of a push, but to, to be in a sectional that allows that. As you look over division four, are any of the sectionals stand out as being noticeably stronger than, than the others? I think it's hands down sectional four. You have Howard's Grove, Oostburg, Mishicot, uh, Win uh, Winnebago Lutheran. Um, all those teams have been ranked this season. Racine Lutheran, I already mentioned. Um, then Ozaki, who uh, recently knocked off Howard's Grove, handed them their second loss of the season. So I think that one's hands down the strongest sectional in Division Four. Uh, uh, numerous teams that are that are very capable of getting to the rest center. Whereas, you know, some of those other sectionals, it's more of a, a two team race or a three team race. 
Well, let's talk about some of those other sectionals and some of the other teams in Division Four. Not surprisingly, Aquinas has been the top-ranked team all year. There's no doubt about that, and uh, I, I, I don't know for sure, I guess, but I'd be surprised if anybody else got a, a one vote at any point this year. So in those other sectionals, and in talking, I guess, specifically about Aquinas as well, is there anybody, and we've asked this question, I know, two or three times, but is there anybody still that you can see giving a problem to Aquinas, whether it's in you know sectionals or at the state tournament? Well, uh, just did get recent news that that Courtney Becker from Aquinas uh, suffered a PCL injury. Um, specifics of the injury are unknown, so that really opens the door for you know some of the you know Melrose, Bendora, Racine Lutheran, um, some of those other teams, you know, because it's a very strong field in Division Four this year. Um, but you know, before the Becker injury, and hopefully it's not um, serious where she can't play, but. You know, they were just hands down the top team. Now that that does uh, give a little wiggle room for those some of those other teams that have a little bit more of a legit chance to knock them off in the in the state tournament. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to Division three, which, you know, maybe has been a, a little bit more wide open. Um, the uh, the two time defending state champions, Marshall, have suffered some losses. They uh, lost their their star player from last year, Mia Morrell, who transferred to Madison Memorial. Still have Anna Lutz, who's uh, outstanding in her own right. But you know, a, a division that might be a little more open than some of these other ones. Um, you know, any any specifics right off the bat, or any early uh, you know observations from seedings, from bracket placements, from any of that kind of stuff as you look over Division Three. Well, Division Three sectional uh, number three is is uh, very strong. You know, that that's that's a sectional that's brought home, I believe, five of the past six gold balls um, in sectional in uh, Division three. And it, it's loaded once again this season. Um, Adjua getting a five seed. You know, they've you know played in the Badger South. They play better competition than many of these other teams. But again, many, many coaches vote on a uh, you know, um, record and more than, you know, quality opponents and and other things involved, you know, kids that haven't been at games. Um, so that that's very, very interesting there because they could, they could match up against Platteville in a, in a regional final. And that's a game that, you know, I could see being a strong sectional final, quite honestly, but you know, that's, that's just what happens when you have a loaded sectional and especially in that, that uh, the top half of it, cause you have Prairie Duchesne that can make a run. Dodgeville has been playing well recently. Um, so it's, it's uh, going to be very interesting in that sectional because, you know, like I said, you know, it's been the strongest last few years. And with Marshall being on the opposite half of that, that strong part of that, that sectional, you know, they could get to a sectional final and you get to a sectional final and anything can happen. You know, obviously their guard play has, has changed without morale on the court for them. But, uh, you know, they're still a strong club that's very capable capable of getting back to the rush center, you know, having been uh, the two time state of uh, defending state champions in division three, but that one's going to be a grinder to get through. Any sleepers uh, in division three that stand out that, you know, maybe take advantage of the drop down effect that we uh, mentioned earlier, or, you know, have somebody coming back at the right time or playing well late in the year. Any, any sleepers that stand out in division three? Well, you know, Edgewood definitely is. Uh, Brown Deer is a team that uh, plays in the Woodland. And, you know, they got a two seed, but I think there's not a lot known about them. 
So I think they're a team that that uh, could definitely make a push in that sectional four. I have Lake Mills as a favorite, but that sectional compared to other ones, uh, especially the sectional three, you know, just isn't quite as strong. So if they could, you know, get through and uh, maybe meet up against the Lake Mills, I, you know, they definitely have a chance to get to the rest center. And even though they're a two seed, they're they're a team that kind of is that in that unknown kind of variety. Also, like a Kettle Moraine Lutheran, all you know, a team that doesn't score a ton of points, a team that wants to grind through games sometimes, uh, strong defensively. So you know, they're another one that you could look out for as far as being on the the low end or, or teams that haven't really been talked about. I want to ask you about uh, one team in particular that that we haven't referenced yet, and that's St. Croix Falls, who, despite being now twenty one and zero, I think didn't break into the top ten until relatively late in the year. They're still at uh, number seven behind several other teams that have multiple losses. Uh, they, they don't play the level of competition though. They're in the Lakeland Conference. Right. They're playing a lot of Division five teams, some Division four. You know, what kind of a chance do you give a team like St. Croix Falls to get to state uh, being kind of the the wrong end of the drop down effect where, where they're uh, moving up and playing a lot tougher competition than they do during the regular season? You know, I definitely had my reservations uh, for, you know, the first part. And, you know, even probably before they beat Prescott handily, Prescott win was uh, a game that kind of ignited it for me because again, you know, when you're playing division four and division five teams that, you know, those teams not only are division four and division five teams, but none of them are the elite of those divisions or near the elite of those divisions. So it really is, it was tough to kind of tell how good they really were, but I do think that they are a team that can get to the rest center. And, uh, you know, it's a, a Prescott, um, could stand in their way, maybe in Arcadia, but again, you know, talking about sectionals that, you know, just the way it is, aren't as strong as others. I think sectional number one, um, isn't as strong as some of those other sectionals in division three. And it gives them a little bit better of an opportunity to get to the, get to the rest center, because you, especially you talk about, you know, go over to sectional number two that has Wrightstown and, and, uh, freedom, freedom who reached the, the state tournament last season and Wrightstown, a couple of years back, reached reached the state tournament. So, you know, when you're talking about um, a strong sectional, that one would be number two. I would probably say in section in uh, Division Three, just because of the strength with uh, Wrightstown, Freedom. You know, uh, Wittenberg, Burnhamwood, uh, another team that hasn't been talked a lot about this season. I believe only have uh, uh, one or two losses, but you know, just haven't played the teams that really jump out. You out at you and say, you know, that's the win that, that says that they really should be ranked or they should be a little bit of a step higher in, in seeding processes. But, uh, you know, those non-conference games do matter. And, you know, I think sometimes depending on the team you have, you're not able to play the teams that maybe would help, um, make a better push, um, to get a higher seeding or a, a bigger run in the tournament. Be interesting for St. Croix falls. They'd essentially have to go through, all or most of the uh, middle border, the heart of the north, and uh, maybe uh, you mentioned Arcadia coming out of the Cooley Conference. So, Division Three, if we, you know, if we're talking about that as one that's being a little bit more open than some of these other divisions, how many teams do you look at in Division Three and say that looks like a, a legitimate state title contender? How, how many are there? Is it one? Is it five? Is it ten? What, what do you think? I think there's uh, probably about a handful of teams that I would say are legit uh, uh, state title caliber teams. You know, the Wrightstown, 
uh, Freedom, Platteville in there. You know, I, I think Marshall's still a team that's capable. Lake Lake Mills has shown at times being capable besides that blowout loss to Platteville. Um, so, you know, it's Edgewood, if they got hot at the right time, I think they could they could uh, raise the gold ball. So, you know, there's, I think, plenty of teams in Division Three, And I think because of all the movement between, you know, teams dropping down, moving up, Division Three always kind of seems to be the division that's, you know, getting uh, – so much movement at times where, and especially the, the division or the sectional changes that it's been really tough to read in many years. Um, in the eight years, I think it's definitely been um, eight years that I've been with, with sports definitely been the most challenging when you're talking about not just one or two teams, but having, you know, a, a handful or more teams that are capable of, of winning division three. All right, let's move on and take a look at division two next in Division two kind of uh, obviously has been dominated by Beaver Dam the last few years, uh, three time defending state champions. But um, D D two kind of taking its uh, you know its uh, lead from Beaver Dam, maybe not quite as strong as what we've seen in the past. If you look at the uh, the total losses amongst the ranked teams in D two, definitely the highest of any of the divisions. So as we look at D two, is it a situation where? It's just really tough and really good and a lot of really good teams and they're beating each other. Or is Division Two maybe not where we have seen it in recent years? You know, I think Division Two just isn't quite where we've seen it. I think there is a lot of competitiveness, but I do think it's down a little bit as far as top to bottom, especially when you're talking about, you know, the rankings, because you're getting a lot of, you know, five, six lost teams, um, ranked but you know some of those teams do play in larger conferences you know some play in some uh, division one conferences so i think that does factor in but i think uh overall i I think you are correct about it just not being quite as strong as maybe what we had thought but you know i guess we'll find out for sure when it comes to the postseason here but uh there's definitely a lot of intriguing matchups you know maybe um you know those woodland teams when you're talking about new berlin eisenhower uh, Pewaukee, Pius, always interesting to see who might get through that sectional. And and last season, it wasn't even a Woodland team. It was Whitefish Bay, although they have moved out of that sectional this year and, and don't have quite as strong of a team this year. But, uh, you know, th- there's there's going to be a lot of, of very good contests in the postseason, though, I think, in Division Two. So we've talked about Beaver Dam a lot this year, and, and we'll talk about them once again because they are the three-time defending state champions. They are a team that is still very high, very highly ranked and still has put together an outstanding, outstanding season. So even though they're not number one in the, the poll, Hortonville took over a couple weeks ago, is Beaver Dam still the favorite in Division Two? Yes, they are still the favorite in Division Two. Um, you know, that loss to Aquinas, you know, Aquinas is a really good team and they could be competing in Division Two or Division One and and make a very deep run, if not get to the state tournament in those divisions. So I don't see that as being like the, the loss that says, Oh my gosh, um, Beaver dam isn't, uh, isn't capable of getting back to state this season. And, you know, th- that sectional is, is very strong that they're in, you know, you have Notre Dame, the last team that, that, uh, beat them or excuse me, the, prior to Aquinas, uh, uh, Notre Dame was the last team to beat them in the state. But, uh, you know, that, that uh, sectional has Green Bay Southwest with Jaden Simmons. Um, you know, the, there's, there's uh, 
Pulaski, who has played well this year. Um, Kukan, who started off the season strong. Uh, but, you know, Beaver Dam is still, in my eyes, a team to beat in Division in Division Two. Hortonville has, you know, they've won 20 straight games, um, have dominated some of those opponents. I think a uh, bit of a combination of Hortonville is really good. Uh, that There's no doubt about that. Mason McGlone, a uh, really good uh, post player for them. Cami Pepler, um, point guard for them. Lexi Day, they, they have a lot of, of good players on that team. Um, and I think maybe the FBA as a whole maybe was not quite as good as I anticipated heading into the year. And, and I guess we'll find out for sure in, in the postseason. But uh, I would really like to see that, uh, that matchup in a uh, state championship game. That is for sure. Any sleepers outside the top 10 or, or that we haven't really focused on in division two that, that we should know about or should keep an eye on, whether it's a, a team from the Western or Northwestern part of the state, like a river falls or on Alaska or, or anyone else that maybe doesn't have the, the prettiest record, but could make some noise. Well, river falls, they have a pretty, they have a pretty good record. They're sitting at uh, 18 and two, at least as of yesterday, but a team to note there is Waukesha West, a uh, young team playing in the classic eight back down to division two this season. They're on the, the, uh, um, opposite half of the Madison area teams in that, in that sectional number three. And that really opens a door for them to, you know, make a, make a run in division two. Cause you know, the, uh, um, the, the Southern lakes isn't as strong as a basketball conference as the Badger conference is. And we know the classic eight, even though maybe a little bit down this year, but maybe just one of those seasons where they're just all really competitive, where, just uh, good teams knocking off good teams night in and night out. But I could definitely see them getting to a sectional final as a four seed. Um, they do have to play Milton right away. Milton, who has uh, somewhat dominated that half sectional, you know, being a Badger Cell team and moving over to play most of those Southern Lakes teams. Uh, but, you know, watch out for Waukesha, South, Waukesha West, you know, because they're, they're definitely a team capable. All right, and finally, we'll move over to Division One, and uh, to to borrow from Little Texas, uh, you know, for for some of these teams, it's a uh, a question of uh, hard to say what might have been. Madison Memorial loses Mia Morrell to an injury you know, partway through the year, takes a, a hit to their chances. Bayport, Emma Krieger uh, out Nagel uh, after or Emma Nagel, excuse me, thank you, uh, out after suffering an injury partway through the season. Um, maybe opens the door a little bit, maybe creates a little bit more. Uh, you know, opportunities for some of these other teams. So as we look over Division One, what stands out there? Uh, maybe let's start with some of the seating, some of the placements. Um, you know, cha- or, uh, excuse me, sectional changes, things like that that uh, that stand out in Division One. Well, as far as sectional changes go, uh, um, Kimberly, uh, or excuse me, Bayport moved from sectional number two to sectional number one. That includes Kimberly, who reached the state tournament last year. So that. Um, you know, adds to that one. Uh, Green Bay Preble also moved over to the sectional number one, uh, made things pretty interesting. Um, I, you know, initially it seemed like a really good sectional final potential. And it still can be, don't get me wrong, but uh, um, thought maybe Kimberly would be a little bit better this year. And maybe they'll use uh, my words to their advantage and, and turn it on in the postseason here. Um, but, uh, and then you have Coach, division. Coach Cullen would never do that. <laughs> Put use, use, uh, use your bulletin board material, right? 
Yeah, we might have a talk at state, you know, if they don't get there, maybe if they even if they do get there, that'll be brought up, maybe brought up eight, eight teams in Division one. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> um, and then, you know, it just uh, Arrowhead moving out of section number two as well. So you have Arrowhead and Bayport moving out of sectional number two, which really opened the door up for Germantown who has played really well this year. And then, you know, the addition of uh, KK Arnold, the, the standout freshman to the roster really added things in. Um, so it's, uh, it's very interesting. Appleton East um, in that sectional as well. They were over in sectional one last year. Um, so as far as the movement goes, that's kind of the, uh, uh, the bit of it. Arrowhead moved over to sectional number number four and they have a seven seed and you know the way they've played this year they probably do deserve a seven seed but they're a team that is capable of beating anybody and i guess you could say losing to anybody when it comes to the postseason um you know talented enough team if they can get their shots to fall that's always been the thing with arrowhead can they make enough shots to beat some of those teams they did uh recently uh knock off uh, o'connor walk the two seed and they can meet them again in a in a regional final um, Milwaukee King, um, that sectional four, um, really before the season, everybody got really upset about all the teams that were in uh, that group together there. And it kind of turned out to be, well, you know, we is the number one seed there, but maybe just some of those teams, just, we expected them to be a little bit better. And, you know, just, just the way it is, they, um, it wasn't quite the season. Some of those teams may be expected, but I think that's going to be very, uh, very challenging sectional to get through. And uh, you could definitely see a team with a, uh, a not one or two, as far as the seed goes to get through there. And, you know, we talked about already with Mattis Memorial, you know, losing me and morale that they snuck out a win the other night against Milwaukee King uh, just by one point, they were without one of their starters, Amani Rankins, which does affect that a little bit. But uh, that Middleton, that potential game between Middleton and Madison Memorial in a sectional final, uh, that one could be a good one. And, you know, it's right now I'm not even sure who I'm going to f- for sure pick in Division One, just because it has been so, so tight. So many, you know, some of those big injuries have set in. Um, but uh, that Middleton-Madison Memorial game, you know, maybe whoever wins that one, they could come home with the gold ball. So between uh, those teams that we mentioned that had some some significant injuries this year, Madison Memorial with Mia Morell and Emma Nagel from Bayport, is there one of those two teams that is best positioned to absorb that that loss and still, you know, make a push or or get to the rush center? You know, I would have said Madison Memorial before the season, just because they made they made a push last year, reaching uh, sectional, I believe, a sectional semifinal against Middleton and only losing by two points without Leilani Kapanis. And obviously, me Morrell was at uh, Marshall last year. But it kind of looks like it's Bayport. Um, you know, Emma, Emma Krieger, who uh, was uh, coming off the bench for Krieger. them. I keep but, saying Nagel. Krieger. Or is no, it no, Nagel? no. Krieger's, Krieger's the one that was, she's a sophomore. She was coming off okay. the bench. And now she's in the starting role. And, you know, that, I think, in some areas is really good for them. But, you know, losing the athlete that Emma Nagel was or is, um, you know, it, it's going to be tough, a lot tougher in the postseason. But I think they've uh, absorbed that injury a little bit better than I expected. 
Um, but that just shows the depth and, you know, getting a, having a quality player coming off the bench before and, and then moving uh, uh, Krieger into a starting role has worked out very well for Bayport. And I guess I wonder, too, if, if that injury happening earlier in the year maybe did put Bayport in a little better position as opposed to uh, Madison Memorial, who even though it was, it was a few weeks ago that Mia Morrell went down, um, less time maybe to adjust – uh, there, but looking forward to uh, to watching Division One once again. We've seen some really exciting games at state in Division One the last few years. Maybe not the highest scoring games, but man, have they been very competitive and come right down to the end. So that's our look with Norb at the uh, at the breakdown of the girls basketball playoffs. Again, a few things to wrap up this week. There's still some conference titles on the line. There's still you know one or two games left for some of these teams um, before they start playoffs next week. And there's still actually a few regular season games next week, either postponements or some of the D1 teams schedule uh, a game next week um, because they, for the most part, don't get underway uh, until the uh, until Friday. So still some things to take care of, but uh, now it's uh, it's it's a sprint to the finish. Essentially, half the teams get eliminated every night of the playoffs, and uh, we we go through things pretty quick. So. A uh, lot to take care of again the rest of the season. We'll have some more information coming out. Again, Norb will have a playoff breakdown for all the divisions. You'll start seeing some other stuff coming out very soon as well. Finalists for the WSN Senior uh, Basketball Awards. Um, some other postseason information. Uh, Norb's picks round by round. Uh, we will have the, uh, the uh, pick'em contest. Uh, out soon here as well for fans to get involved in. So all kinds of stuff, and, and you'll want to stay glued to wisports.net. Norb, always uh, good chatting girls hoops with you. We're, uh, we're approaching 40 minutes here, so we'll move on for, for today. But uh, we'll, we'll chat next week. Uh, maybe, maybe not next week, I'm sorry. The, the week after, once the regionals are wrapped up and we're heading into sectionals, and uh, we'll get updated again on where things stand at that point. So good to have you with us again, and uh, we'll chat at you next time. Of course, sounds good. All right, he is Norbert Durst. I'm Travis Wilson. This has been a WISports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game.